Local News Reach, the official podcast for the National Law Review. Stay tuned for a discussion on the latest trends in legal marketing, SEO, law firm best practices, and more. I'm Rachel, the Editorial Manager at the National Law Review. In this episode, we're excited to talk to Beth Pazone, Chief Strategic Growth Officer for Goulston and Stores. Beth's role at Goulston and Stores revolves around relationships, relationships internally and externally relationships with prospects, clients, and business partners. With decades of experience in the industry, Beth has been inducted into the College of Law Practice Management and the Legal Marketing Hall of Fame, published by the ABA, Thomson Reuters, and several industry publications, and awarded several honors throughout her career. Beth is also co-founder of Legal Sales and Service Organization. Thank you, Beth, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel, and I'm so excited to see that you've launched this podcast series. We're very excited to have launched it and really excited that we got to have you on. So one of the main topics you want to dive in today was bringing the voice of the client into legal marketing. So I was wondering if we could just get your thoughts on why is it so important to bring the voice of the client into firms? And that's a great place to start, Rachel. That's a great place to start. And I do think bringing the voice of the client into what we are doing every day in, the, in, in law firms is really important. Let me give you a couple of statistics. 80% of revenue will come from 20% of existing clients and law firms. So your future revenue depends on 20% of your existing clients. I'm going to say that again. 80% of revenue comes from 20% of your existing clients. Then you've got five times as many resources to attract a new client than it does to keep an existing one. You take those and you marry that with flat market demand. So spoiler alert for anybody who's listening to this podcast, what we want you to be thinking about is bringing the voice of the client and listening more to client needs to basically help you be more competitive, generate more revenue, be more profitable, and increase your client service. It definitely seems like an important part, and especially that statistic of keeping those 20% of clients to make sure you hang on to that revenue. That's super important. How has COVID-19 affected firms' relationship with their clients? Because it's sort of, you know, buried its way into basically every single uh, facet of our lives. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. No, it's true. I mean, if we start on the very premise that clients are the most important variable in growing revenue and profit for law firms, and that the only thing that's constant is change, right? Clients' needs change. Decision makers at client companies change. Laws and regulations change. And so if we aren't having those open dialogue conversations and getting feedback and conversations with our clients, then how do we stay ahead of change? And then you bring in COVID. Um, You know, with great disruption, it brings great opportunity. Um, And so I would say now is the time for lawyers and law firms to be implementing bringing the voice of the client into their firm, no matter what they're doing, to bring it in even stronger. I think having client feedback programs and listening to clients was once a nice to have, now it's a need to have. So if you are still doing the exact same legal services in the exact same way that you were pre-pandemic, not to sound harsh, I would consider this your warning light, right? For B2B law firms, there are new issues new ways of doing business, new technologies. And so I think the pandemic has catapulted the need 
for firms to be doing this with much more vigor and process and framework. So I also think that the pandemic has affected firms' relationships with their clients in a lot of good ways. We are bringing clients or clients are bringing their lawyers into their home. I don't know about you, but over the last year and a half, I've met pets, children, delivery people, family members from our clients and my colleagues and my friends in the industry that I probably never would have um, if not for the pandemic and the reality of Zoom. So I do think that we're starting to get to know clients in a different way. That's not a bad thing. But again, I also think that the business issues that have come with COVID has created opportunity um, and it also has created the foundation for let's do things differently. Yeah, that's um, some really good insight there. I want to get your thoughts on what firms can do, why it's important for firms to bring in their, their clients into their conversations in legal marketing. What can firms do right now to improve those relationships? Beyond the feedback, I do think just in general overarching, how do you improve your relationship with clients? It really is asking yourself and taking a little bit of a litmus test. Take your top 10 clients, your top 15, your top three, your top 20. It depends on the size of your firm, your practice, that sort of thing. And say, do I know every one of my clients' strategic priorities, strategic directions, measurable goals in the next year or two. I don't think we're going to find many people that can actually rehearse them for their top five, top 10, top 20, top 30 clients. The other thing I would say is, you know, really being able to impact your relationship is asking the people that you have relationships with at client companies, how are they evaluated? How are they deemed successful? What are they trying to accomplish? But sometimes their goals may be different than the company goals. If there is a software technology company and they have an in-house legal department, the technology company's mission might be changing the way you know, science you know, is done or impact on a disease. So that's kind of their mission and their strategic direction and goals might be about how many new customers they can acquire and that sort of thing. That's all very important information to know. But if you're the general counsel, you know, maybe what you're trying to accomplish is budget certainty. So if you don't know those answers to those questions, then it's hard to be able to provide service that has value. And, you know, basically what I mean by that is how are you spending time off the clock with your clients? Um, what value are you providing? Because when you're on the clock, they're paying you to be strategic, substantive, proactive, responsive, accessible, all of those things they're paying you for. But when you're off the clock, how are you helping your business? What kind of you know information are you giving them? Are you making introductions to them? Are you saving them money? And so I think it's a little bit like throwing something at the wall to see if it sticks if you don't know the answer to those questions. You spoke a little bit about spending time with clients off the clock and, you know, engaging with them in that way. Um, does that tie into sort of, is that part of that process or, um, yes. you know, is that one of the ways that people can see that feedback out? Absolutely. I mean, that is, that is one strategy. Bringing the voice of your client into the firm can be done in, a, in many different ways and feedback is one of them, but that is a way that you can add value to the client because you will hear 
when you're asking for feedback about ways that you'll be able to improve your service. And then you'll be able to go back and implement change and in turn, increase client service and really impact your client relationship. It all ties together and it is one facet of client service. So you recently wrote a book about um, client feedback for the ABA. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I think timing played a big role. We were just talking about this. Um, I think this is now is the time for law firms to to really double down in this area. And my colleague and dear friend, Jill Z or Jill Zwetschkenbaum, and I co-authored a book um, and it's titled The Law Firm Client Service Interview Playbook. You know, Rachel, we've all been reading books and articles about obtaining feedback from clients and its importance. And they those things focus on the business case. Right. Some of the statistics that you and I were just talking about, um, or they'll focus on a phase of the feedback loop. The book that we wanted to create was an instruction that would lay out the entire process step by step of how our industry can move along the maturation line of client feedback, bringing the voice of the client, making improvements and, and keeping that loop moving. Seems like an exciting topic um, and a great opportunity. So what are some ways you're seeing firms getting this feedback? There's a couple of things that are happening. First, there's a huge technology push in business right now. And so I'm seeing some terrific uses of technology and lawyers and law firms or marketing, um, the the marketing function in, in law firms can do after action reviews, um, which is at the end of a deal or a case, being able to sit down with the client for a few minutes and say, how did we do? What did you think of our team? What did you like best about us? Did we surprise you? Are there other things that other law firms do that you'd like that you'd like us to do um, in the future? There's also online surveys. I've seen law firms put a couple of survey questions on their bills. Every two years, we're going to sit down and have an annual strategy session. And we're going to take two or three hours off the clock and we're going to talk about how we've been doing and we're going to talk about the people on our team. We're going to talk about the changes in your company. We're going to talk about um, what the pipeline of issues look like and how we can be preventative and try to bring down, you know, the legal spend, that sort of thing. Um, and that's usually, you know, with relationship partners and with team members um, of attorneys. And then there's just the full-blown, what I would consider a client interview program. And that's where you either hire a consultant or in-house you do it, where it doesn't have to be on a schedule. Um, But you reach out to those top clients. And again, that could be 10% or 30% of your clients, depending on, on your law firm size, and asking them how you're doing, and then bringing it back. How can law firms really use this feedback to differentiate themselves from the competition and like really take that feedback to heart and actually make some changes? So um, these are all really great questions. So you will find this staggering, I think, Rachel. I have been conducting client interviews for more than 20 years. Um, I was at a consulting firm before I went in-house to law firms where we did some some client interviews. I've been in a law firm that I've been doing client interviews at for a couple of decades. I can probably count less than a dozen times 
that I've encountered a client feedback interview when the client hasn't commented, this is the first time my law firm has ever asked me these questions. This is the first time I've ever been invited to a client feedback session. It's the first time that I've been you know, invited to give some client service input. So think about that 25 plus years of client interviews and I think less than 12 have actually had something like this um, happen to them before. So it, so just by the very, my point is, is that the very nature of doing it is a differentiator, right? Um, and what it will allow you to do is when you're asking these questions and getting the feedback about what they want to see, you can be that trusted advisor that starts to bring all sorts of value, added value around your substantive legal service advice. And you can actually start to play a real business leader role with your clients so that you're not seen as legal advice or the necessary evil, but really start to see that you're additive and that you can be accretive to the company and their mission. And I think, again, the way you do that is by taking the very information that you hear and turning it into value add. Moving into our next section here, speaking a little bit about differentiating law firm service from the competition, we've spoken about ways that law firms can interact with their clients and asking for that feedback allows them to you know, show that they can be a really good added value. What are some ways that firms can really highlight the service they offer to clients and make that connection with them? You know, that's changing. Law firms, um, we've, we've always had a hard time differentiating our services from our competition. I think we we look alike, we sound alike, um, and I think where we're going to find differentiation is do we act alike? And so I think that some of the ways that we as law firms will be able to highlight the services that we offer to clients is instead of telling clients what we do to responding to clients about what they need and how we can solve. I think just sometimes we've gotten into a little bit of an automated notion of we have a newsletter, and so we're going to now send it out to every one of our clients that talks about a new law and something that we do. Um, And that's not differentiating. That's not really highlighting our services. Instead, I would say if law firms can start doing what I call account-based marketing and looking at it client by client and really understanding what's important to the client and the content and conversation that you put in front of those clients will be the way that you differentiate yourself. So move from content marketing, which was so popular a couple of years ago, I say take that very tenets of content marketing and bring them down to a client and have it again be client based. That's where I think law firms will be able to to differentiate those micro sites that are just for the client. And the information in that hub is just for that client. You know, if that client is a middle market private company, they don't care about what's happening in the I. You know, with 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 no by the way with with no interest in becoming a, a public company. 
You know, they don't want to hear about, they don't want to get 17 newsletters about a new law that's impacting public companies um, sort of thing. But you certainly can be looking at trends that are in the middle market space um, and kind of what's market deal points and be putting that into a hub sort of thing. So that's where I, I think I'd like to see law firms and lawyers and marketing departments really start to focus. I guess this is sort of like a two-pronged question. Uh, how have you seen the legal industry pivot in the post-COVID world in terms of how they interact with clients? And I guess sort of like a larger question would be, I guess, what changes have you seen um, with that sort of client interaction since COVID has taken place? Well, I think that the playing field has leveled. I think that there used to be some type of hierarchy before you could have access to a client. When you were at a law firm, if you were the relationship partner, you were the bridge between the client and everybody else at your firm. And I have seen that collapse, that hierarchy collapse. And I think that um, the, these relationship partners have brought along you know, some younger folks or maybe one of their colleagues who's, you know, an, an industry expert in something the client needs. But what I've also seen, which is so exciting for me, is the opportunity for people in marketing departments to have FaceTime, external FaceTime with clients. And that's always been a little bit of an obstacle for marketing departments and law firms. And I've heard so many of my executives who are amazing brand ambassadors for their law firms say, I'm not sure how I can find a way to, to be client-facing. And it's, and it's a goal of mine. And I think COVID has really changed that. And I think that now um, there are lots of opportunities for the marketing departments or the business development departments, the client service departments, whatever they're called, um, to really have that forward-facing role. And I think um, feedback, of course, is one way, but, you know, using your CRM system um, to really find some proactive opportunities and bringing them to the, the relationship partner and saying, let's talk with, you know, the client about this, um, and I'd like to come along, I think is really going to be the next uh, you know, cycle of as as we grow and mature as an industry in legal marketing. So, what are some things that um, Wilson and Stores has done in the past year to really adapt to challenges brought on by COVID nineteen? We've spoken to a number of law firms so far in um, making this podcast, and it seems like all of them sort of have a different answer. So, I think it's interesting to get um, that perspective. The first thing that we did, I think, as a firm was. We took off the, the, the law firm or lawyer or legal services hat. And at the beginning of COVID, I think the place where we probably had a shining moment with our clients, we were worried about our clients, their families, their businesses. And we, we put down the webinars and the newsletters and the outreach and just tried to reach out to them on a very personal, individual level to be sure people were doing okay and healthy. And that that's the first thing we did. But then we've just, you know, it came back to business as usual. And I'm looking at so many statistics, Rachel, that are showing me that law firms are having the best year they've had since the last downturn um, this year. And that, you know, 
the challenges that that COVID have brought has also, you know, created some real busyness um, with law firms. And so we've done a number of things differently. First of all, um, the way we are packaging, pricing, and delivering our legal services looks a little bit different. We brought in a chief value officer a couple of years ago, and it's a real growth spot for us, a real bright light for us, because we are spending a lot of time with clients trying to figure out how to price um, you know, our services that fall in line with where they may be economically. And, you know, it's, we like to say that it's, it's a marathon, right? Not a sprint. And so there are just some years clients need um, a different approach than others um, in terms of billing and payment terms and that sort of thing. So we've really been trying to align with our client needs there. And, and just the way we're talking to them is different, right? We've created more on-demand video versus hosting seminars in our offices sort of thing. Um, and the, the videos have been much more how to need to know, let's give you the, um, you know, the, the advice um, in, a, in a prepackaged way that you can just pull up and consume however you want it to. You know, we, the way we're training our attorneys is different. So anything the same that you were pre-COVID, probably time to look at that process. Um, and I, I, I think that runs across all the business operations functions at Goldstone stores. I think we've all had to manage to change and adapt. Right. And I think, you know, you saying, you know, the only constant in life is change. Um, I think one of, one of the things that we have heard from a lot of law firms is just having just to pivot and make all these changes. And now a lot of law firms are looking at adopting a lot of these things long-term. So hopefully we'll see some, you know, improvements and some changes going long-term since uh, once the pandemic sort of subsides more than already has. I mean, I'm wondering, Rachel, you know, you and your team spend so much time out in the marketplace. So I'm interested to see, and you just, you just did a little bit of foreshadowing on this. I'm interested to see what trends are you seeing in the marketplace around client service and client growth? We've spoken with quite a few law firms in creating this podcast. And I think one of the big trends that we've seen from the guests that we've interviewed is, um, and you mentioned this earlier, sort of um, pivoting more to bringing in the client into what these law firms are doing in terms of their, their marketing efforts and finding new ways to connect with them. Um, I think one of, the, one of the big things that we've seen as like a company, as like a um, working with clients on publishing their thought leadership and publishing, um, you know, their events and things like that. I think one of the big things we we did see are more firms doing these virtual events um, and, you know, putting their expertise out there when they couldn't meet in person and they can't, you know, have a conversation with their clients or uh, go to a conference or things like that. So I think just finding new ways to connect with um, the people that they work with um, outside of the office when we can't actually be with each other in person. Sure. So you're, you're starting to see content marketing turn into content selling in a way and content relationship building. And you're part of that, that process. Right. And, and we do, uh, one, one of our publishing clients specifically writes a lot about ways that attorneys and law firms can really 
set themselves apart or improve their processes. Um, and that's been a shift in focus from what we saw before the pandemic. I love that. Are there are there initiatives that you're seeing that firms are deploying that actually improve relationships with their clients? Are you seeing some of what we touched on earlier in, in other firms or in the marketplace generally? Right. I think it sort of goes um, along with what I said earlier and really positioning themselves as, you know, a value improvement and then also highlighting what they do well as a firm. Specifically, one of the topics that's come up in other interviews is really highlighting what the firm is doing more broadly in terms of their growth. So I'm speaking more about um, like diversity and inclusion initiatives, um, keeping themselves accountable for uh, making sure those things happen and really taking on more of these changes that we've seen as COVID has progressed. I mean, specifically, I'm talking about, you know, remote work arrangements, you know, really listening to what their attorneys want and need. So I think that's that's been a big thing that we've seen. What about technology? Are you seeing any technology that you consider, you know, hot around um, growing relationships? Probably the main thing is, as I spoke earlier, really taking advantage of virtual events. And I'm not specifically talking about just webinars. One of the other firms that we had on spoke about how they interacted with clients, and this is maybe more the relationship building, is sort of empowering attorneys to have like a coffee meeting with their clients, like a virtual coffee meeting. Um, so they would they would give out these Starbucks gift cards so they could sit down with their clients and have a cup of coffee virtually and really hear about the things that they are experiencing, their pain points, things like that. And um, one other thing that they were talking about was before the pandemic, they maybe had never even heard of doing a virtual happy hour. And maybe a lot of people would have scoffed at that idea of having like um, either like a drink or a cup of coffee over, over a Zoom call. But he said that, you know, he's been on countless, uh, or at least I think at least he said at least three virtual happy hours since the pandemic began. The main technology that, you know, we've talked about with previous people on this podcast is really, you know, using these, I don't really think a lot of people used Zoom a lot before the pandemic. So it's been sort of a big way that people have connected with their clients. But I'd be interested, Beth, in hearing um, what you have to say about that topic. You know, are there any technologies that you're seeing that are helping firms grow the relationships with their clients? You know, I think there's a couple of things that we're seeing at Goulston and Stores, and I think that it's probably happening in other pockets um, as well in other law firms, is we've, we are looking for technology that brings efficiency and some AI to some of the services that we provide. And so, you know, you're on a constant hunt of figuring out how artificial intelligence and, and that sort of thing helps. But also, one of the things that we've done is we have adopted a technology in all of our business units that talks to each other. So conflicts, finance, pricing, experience, relationship management, enterprise, all of those products are talking to each other. So you are more informed and we've been able to you know, create some predictability around some of our client needs. Um, because there's so many things talking to each other as opposed to having these silos. This is really interesting. I mean, I, I feel like you and I are experiencing and seeing 
a lot of the same trends. I think our highlights for today is great disruption brings great opportunity. Service will be a differentiator. Your client is another law firm's prospect. Uh, getting closer and, and digging further down into that relationship has never been more important. And client feedback is not only a way to, for that to happen, but I think it's also a way for the marketing business operations functions to find client-facing roles. Right. And I think specifically your focus for this podcast about bring the client into the conversation, I think isn't one that we've had so far. I think one thing that's been really great about this podcast is just being able to learn so much from each of the people that we talk to. So yeah, thank you for for joining us today. Um, And thank you for those great questions. I just want to, again, thank you for bringing this podcast to us um, in this series, because I think we're going to learn a lot from each other. I think there's a real brain trust among the legal marketing and business development community. And um, I'm thrilled that you're bringing it together and making it accessible for all of us. Well, we had a great conversation about client feedback, revenue, and go-to market strategies in the legal industry. Special thanks to Beth Cazone from Coolstone Stores for joining us today. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you for listening to the National Law Review's Legal News Reach podcast. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for more episodes. For the latest legal news, or if you're interested in publishing and advertising with us, visit www.natlawreview.com. We'll be back soon with our next episode.